podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. On Florida's Space Coast, we think you can have the best of both worlds. Kind of like right now. Driving. At your desk. Maybe at the gym. But you're also grooving to some music. Visit us and you'll go to the beach. And see a rocket launch. Or go kayaking and manatee spotting. It's all waiting for you on the only beach that doubles as a launch pad. Plan your adventure today at visitspacecoast.com. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the very first Cricket Daily. I'm one of your hosts, Andrew Menzel. Joining me is Paul Dennett, and this will be your daily dose of cricket news delivered Monday to Friday, discussing all the major cricket headlines from around the world. In the very first episode, we'll be discussing the rescheduling of the IPL, the World Test Championship preview, the England v New Zealand series starting soon, and the County Championship round that was just completed. Now, Paul, what have you got for us? Well, clearly the BCCI know that we're starting this show because they have given us a wonderful quote to begin with in announcing that the rest of the IPL is going to be scheduled in the UAE, clearly because of the coronavirus impact. They have said that they have quoted it that considering the monsoon season in India in the months of September and October this year, that is their stated reason for moving the IPL. And I find this, I mean, good, fair, fair play to them. They, um, you know, only they would be, would be brazen enough to do this. It's disappointing that most of the news outlets that I've seen are just reporting this without giving any editorial on the on the decision at all. Clearly, that's not the reason. They've still got terribly large numbers of cases of coronavirus and deaths in India. It's the right thing to do to, to try to host it again. Good luck to them. Um, but, you know, let's be honest, it's not because of um, any monsoon season. And I just checked, just me being me, um, India has hosted a ton of cricket in September and October in the past, including in 2017, the one-day series against Australia began on the 17th of September. Well, that's about three days before the rescheduled IPL is going to begin in the UAE. So it was no problem in the monsoon, monsoon season back then. That um, It's clearly the reason this time is the uh, coronavirus. So it's good, though, that the IPL is going to be finished because they were going to lose £200 million, and you wouldn't wish that on anyone. Why do you think, Paul, they use the monsoons as an excuse? Well, I think it's because they are still clinging to some faint hope that they can host the World Cup, uh, which starts just about a week after the IPL finishes. They still want to host that potentially in India. And I think think they realised that if they said, we're going to host the... um, the IPL in the UAE because of the impact of COVID. Oh, but a week later, we're going to host the uh, the World Cup in India. It would have sounded ridiculous. So they had to sort of come up with some sort of excuse. I can't see how the, uh, the World Cup can possibly go ahead in India. And I think that the ICT really should have just stepped in and said, listen, um, it's in everyone's best interest for it to move to, to the UAE as well. Um, and I think that's what it end up will doing, don't you? Yeah, I do think so. And I think we're seeing now... Um, what we thought might happen at the end of the, when the Indian Premier League was suspended, that the BCCI would try and force the IPL into any little window they could find. And and there are going to be significant um, knock-on effects from trying to squeeze the IPL into that September, October window, not at least the um, 
you know, the T20 World Cup that's scheduled to be played. A lot of bilateral series will now have to kind of move out of the way. The CPL is due to be played just before, just to finish just as the IPL is starting. So this could have a significant knock-on effect to world cricket because I think the IPL are just going to forge ahead and push everyone out of their way. Well, thankfully, the English Cricket Board has actually stood up to them, that they wanted to... So at the moment, the last test between England and India is scheduled to end on the 14th of September, and that's it at Old Trafford in Manchester. And the IPL asked England to move that game because the IPL is set to begin um, just uh, about four days later, um, or six, six days after that, and they wanted it to be moved. And England, for once, sort of said no, and I suppose part of the reason for that is they've already sold three days out of, of the match at Manchester. So good on them for standing firm. It'll be interesting to see whether the, the Caribbean Premier League, which is also being asked to sort of squeeze their season back, can um, can stand firm as well. And they should, if ultimately the IPL finishes without some of the best international players, India should be fine with that. They've got a, a multitude of players, young players in India that could come through. I think Indian cricket fans will just be happy to see some cricket. But your point is a good one that... Um, the fact that a few days later the World Cup is set to begin, that's not ideal. If, if Sharjah, Abu Dhabi and um, Dubai have had all of their pitches uh, used up quite regularly with the 31 games, the last thing we want is a, a World Cup with dead with dead pitches. But oh, look, I think it's, um, it's going to work out okay um, and it'll be good that the IPL will get completed one way or another. I'm going to be following this story with great interest because I can only imagine the amount of backroom machinations going on <laughs> between the various cricket boards over the next few weeks. So stay tuned for that. We'll be updating you as it unfolds on Cricket Daily. So coming up soon, the World Test Championship final will be played at Southampton between New Zealand and India, and there will be a reserve day for this game because if the match is drawn or there is no result, then the the title will be shared. So basically it works out that any time lost during the the game can be made up on an extra day, but they will be trying to make up time as they go, as is normal in Test cricket, but any sort of accrued lost time can be made up on a sixth day, which, Paul, I think that's a positive for this first ever World Test Championship final. Yeah, I do as well. So, you know, if the first day was rained out, rather than ruining the game and making it likely to be a draw, they'll play an extra half hour each day after that. So that would get them two hours done, but there'd be still four hours missing. So they'd play that on day six. Challenge out there, if anyone wants to read the actual playing conditions, I normally playing conditions are the most boring things in the world, but I kind of like them. I could not get my head around the playing conditions for this. It is the most complex thing because on day five, if there's less than an hour, they're going to play an extra hour after the extra hour on day five. It could be, I pity the commentators on there if there's um, at the end of day five, it's un- un- uncertain as to whether or not there'll be a day six. But yeah, a good idea. But if it is a draw, then India and New Zealand will actually share the title. And good news for English cricket fans that 25% capacity is being allowed for the first test between England and New Zealand at Lords. So that's approximately seven and a half thousand fans. And for the second test at Edgbaston, they will be allowed up to 70% of capacity, which is up to 18,000 fans. And the test series between England v New Zealand kicks off Wednesday at Lords, Wednesday, the 1st of June. It's an interesting series because it's actually not part of the World Test Championship. It's outside that competition, but it's nevertheless a bilateral series with a lot of personal pride at stake and great preparation for New Zealand ahead of their World Test Championship final. Also, um, some records in the offing, Paul. 
Yeah, well, if um, Jimmy Anderson plays, and there's a huge debate about who's going to make up England's side, we'll get to that in a moment, but he'll equal Alistair Cook's record of 161 test matches. What an amazing achievement that is for a fast bowler. I'm really looking forward to this series. Uh, there's nothing better than cricket from the middle of the night in England watching it back home in, in winter in Sydney. The England side, as I said, um, it's they've got quite a lot of depth because Stokes and Archer are out injured. Wokes and Sam Curran are out of the bubble. They've been given a bit of extra time out of the bubble, so they're not going to be considered. Butler is also being rested. That should have meant that Ben Folkes would be the wicketkeeper, but he was um, wearing socks in the dressing room, slipped over and did his hamstring. So that means that uncapped James Bracey comes into the side. And then um, England now have got basically six fast bowlers to, to choose from. So Anderson, Broad, Wood, Overton, Ollie Robinson, and Ollie Stone. So if they happen to choose both of those two and... Um, Oliver Pope, we could have three Ollies in the side, which would be quite a record. As far as New Zealand are concerned, they don't have Trent Bolt. Um, he's he's going to join them for the World Test Final, but not before. Everyone's sort of saying, oh, New Zealand, um, they're, they're fly under the radar. They're the dark horses. They might upset England. I don't think they will. I think England's bowling is actually quite a bit stronger than New Zealand's, especially without Trent Bolt. So you heard it here first. Big win for, for England coming up. Can't wait for that one. That two-test series kicking off Wednesday. This weekend saw the completion of another round of county championship matches. Most teams have now played seven or eight games. The county championship has been split into three conferences and um, it's, a, it's a slightly abbreviated competition due to coronavirus implications and it's nearing the, the closing stages. But a couple of big results over the weekend. Lancashire have beaten Yorkshire in the Battle of the Roses and it's the first time they've beaten them in 10 years in the county championship and the first time Lancashire has beaten Yorkshire at home in 20 years. So an amazing result for the Lancashire lads. They were thrilled when they got the win and it went right into the closing stages of the final day. I should add that I have a cricket joke book, which is the most unfunny joke book ever, but in it, there's a... So the real War of the Roses was some English civil war in the 1400s, but there's a there's a question in a school exam, what caused the War of the, Ro- the Roses? And the proud Yorkshire student in the exam, in firm handwriting, wrote the county championship. <laughs> <laughs> and in a, another big result, Leicestershire have chased down 378 against against Northants on the final day of their game. They needed over 300 on the last day, and Australian test opener Marcus Harris smashed 185, his second century of the county season, and a significant result for Leicestershire. Good to see uh, an Aussie getting some runs. They haven't been doing so well over there. Um, another little headline, this one was like it was exclusively written for me. It was a quick info piece that mentioned that Essex against Durham featured 19 leg before wickets. It was a bowl fest. Um, Essex won by 195 runs. James Porter, Jamie Porter got seven wickets. Sam Cook, six wickets. Peter Siddle, six wickets for Essex. Ben Rain got nine wickets for Durham. But that is the most leg before wickets in a first-class game in England ever. And when you consider consider the tens of thousands of uh, first-class games that have been played in England for hundreds of years, that's pretty cool. Missed by one, um, the record, which is uh, held by some a couple of domestic games in India with 20 LBWs. So that's one for all you train spotters out there. I loved it. Ben Stokes is also back in the nets for Durham. The club released a video of him receiving throwdowns and bowling at three-quarter pace. So good to see Ben Stokes gearing up for the English summer. And another round of county championship games begins this Thursday. 
that one where he's bowling in the nets at three-quarter pace, the one ball they showed, even though it was at three-quarter pace, it went straight through the batsman and hit him in the midriff. Um, looked pretty good, um, Ben Stokes. Later this week, the Netherlands will host Ireland in, in a bilateral ODI series. It's a three-match series. Two matches will be played this week in Utrecht, and it marks the first appearance for the Super in the Super League for the Netherlands. And their coach, former Australian player Ryan Campbell, said, our first appearance in the much-talked-about Super Leagues is no doubt the most important page in the Dutch cricket history book. Good the Netherlands that. can claim as high as fifth on the ladder if they win their series against Ireland 3-0. Ireland are currently 10th with 10 points and could move as high as second on the Super League if they win 3-0. So that should be a series to keep an eye on. I think they beat Australia on the way back. Australia played a game against them in 1968 under Bill Laurie and they beat Australia then. So that might, maybe maybe that will take over from their biggest ever cricket moment. And finally, we've got um, some some listener feedback already, even before we've had a show, some criticism, some well-founded criticism from Sobhamay Biswas, who said, uh, referencing our logo, which contains at the moment eight flags of cricket playing nations, you guys have ditched the Bangladeshi flag, just like the CA has not hosted Bangladesh in a test match for 18 years. Hashtag big three podcast. Good point. Um, we are going to rectify that. We're going to add in the Bangladesh flag, the Zimbabwe flag, the Afghanistan flag, and the Ireland flag. So we'll have all 12 test playing nations on our logo. And I think that's um, that's the right way. So thanks for that feedback. Yes, thank you very much. And thank you to all who've listened to the first Cricket Daily. This show will be released at 3 p.m. Australian Eastern Standard Time every day, Monday to Friday. There'll be a variety of different hosts. I'm Andrew Mensel. I've been joined by Paul Dennett. And we'll be back tomorrow with another episode of Cricket Daily. On Florida's Space Coast, we think you can have the best of both worlds. Kind of like right now. Driving, at your desk, maybe at the gym, but you're also grooving to some music. Visit us and you'll go to the beach and see a rocket launch. Or go kayaking and manatee spotting. It's all waiting for you on the only beach that doubles as a launch pad. Plan your adventure today at visitspacecoast.com. Sports Social Podcast Network.